and uh, recommend to you that if you weren't involved in the Elim three days of prayer, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, that you look on the uh, Elim Pentecostal Church site on YouTube and uh, um, check those out. And uh, if you say, oh, there's a lot of them, which one? Ask Carol. <laughs> she'll, she'll give you directions to the very best, and you can work down from those. So, yes. Uh, thank you, everybody. We've. Uh, Got that technology working eventually this morning. But uh, this morning I want to pick up again on last week. Oh. Oh, there we go. My question last Sunday morning was what do we have if we lose just about everything else? Which sadly some people are in these, these months. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a new wave of infection because we're not controlling how we handle it. That's, so that's a problem. Well, my answer, first of all, was this. We have relationships. We have relationship with the Lord, with one another, brothers and sisters, with family, with friends, and then you could include other people as well. But we have that relationship with God, our Savior, our rock. And then relationships which strengthen and encourage us and help us church, friends, family, you know, brothers and sisters, maybe some family, other, other, other members of family may be people you need grace to deal with, but so, <laughs> they may be more grace takers than grace suppliers, but never mind. We have these relationships which are sense and help us, and we have what makes these relationships work, okay? And we come now to that scripture again, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. We have what makes relationships work, faith, hope, and love. Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, while the greatest is love, all three matter, and all three remain. They're what we have now. And as we saw last week, the whole context there is framed in, in this thing, so we, things we have now in this present age, because we do not have all that is our inheritance in Christ Jesus yet. We can't take it, we can't manage it, we're not fit for it, we're still mixture, we live in a fallen world. But one day we will enter into the eternal kingdom of our Father and receive our full inheritance. But until then, what do we have now? We have the Lord and we have connection with Him and we connect with Him and hold on to Him and He holds on to us through faith, hope and love. Now, I'm going to talk this morning about faith, and I have to do this really quite briefly. So, it's headlines, and I can't say half as much as I might at other times, but never mind. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot said about faith that is at the least foolish, but often worse than that. It's dangerous and destructive. So, I'm going to give you some things that faith is not, and then we'll talk about some things that faith is. Faith is not a substance. That idea comes from misquoting a scripture in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How many of you understand we speak in analogies? Something is like something. It isn't it, but it's like it. That's exactly what Paul is saying there. Paul is saying faith is what you hold on to now before the then comes. You don't have the reality of what's promised, but you have faith for the promise. So... It's, it's, the sub, it's what you are handling now before the reality comes. It connects to 1 Corinthians 13, where faith, hope, and love are what we have now until then comes. So it's the same sort of language Paul is using again in Hebrews 11. 
Uh, faith is not literally a substance. They don't sell it in little. Um, faith is not magic or a force. Some people talk about using your faith the way that Obi-Wan Kenobi tells Luke Skywalker to use the force, Luke, in Star Wars. People talk about the power of faith or the power of prayer, but the power of the authority of the Lord's. Faith and prayer simply tap into his great power, which works towards us. We don't have power in ourselves to make something happen. We are, that's why we're asking him and trusting him. Faith and prayer connect us to his authority and work. Faith is not the route to riches. I'm talking about a prosperity gospel there, really. It's commonly taught and thought that, you know, it, it, the, the way to become rich is to, is to do this and do that. And a lot of it's about positive thinking. It's, not, it's called faith, but it isn't. Paul, in his first letter to Timothy, warns of those who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. And he tells Timothy, from such, withdraw yourself. Don't, don't hang out with them. For godliness with contentment is great gain. And the scriptures indicate, and indeed the Lord Jesus himself tells us, that if we make wealth our goal, it becomes our God. And faith is not a weapon. Uh, how many of you know the armor of God passage in Ephesians 5? Is faith a weapon there? No. The only weapon there is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Faith is a shield. It's a defensive thing. It quenches the fiery arrows of the enemy, the thoughts and doubts and fears that attack our minds. Faith says, no, I'm not going to think like that. I'm not going to accept that. No, I'm, I'm throwing that thought out. And I hang on to the truth that I know about God, my Savior. All right? That's what faith does. Faith is defensive. The only weapon is the word of truth. Such ideas about faith are proposed by some preachers and teachers and followedly, popularly followed by many Christians. But those are really about, they're a kind of philosophy that goes back to the beginning of the last century. And I mean last century. They go beyond Scripture and even contrary to Scripture. The, the philosophy, of the teaching of the word of faith movement is simply wrong. It draws upon early 20th century philosophies, including the power of positive thinking. And indeed, many of the common sayings you hear from popular preachers on the internet come from books written at the beginning of the last century by people who weren't Christians at all. Um, it's interesting to find that out. Now, this is some things that faith is. Faith is Godward. Faith in God, towards God. Faith doesn't look at itself, it looks to God. The first person who's commended in Scripture for his faith is Abraham. Jesus referred to Abraham. Paul mentions him a lot. Here's what happened. Abraham was a pagan like anybody else, but one day God spoke to him, and Abraham heard him and obeyed him. And then later on, God spoke to him again and made promises, and Abraham trusted him and obeyed him. Now, Abraham didn't get everything right. We read in the Bible about his mess-ups, about his mistakes. He's a real person... <laughs> with a lot of mixture in his life, okay? But Abraham is commended because he believed God. And put to the test, he obeyed God. And Abraham believed and continued to walk before him. And then God kept speaking to him and he kept walking. That is what faith is about. Hearing, believing, doing. Do you get the picture? It's a principle. Faith is the relationship between God and us. Faith always starts with God, with him speaking, with him revealing himself to us. Our faith is then the response of trust and obedience to God. And then that becomes, like for Abraham, a way of life. That's what the Bible means by faith. It's a God-connected, God-centered relationship and lifestyle. Faith doesn't look to itself. 
People talk about have faith in your faith. Jesus never said have faith in your faith. He said have faith in God. Faith then is belief, trust, and dependence. Now I'm going to go back before Abraham to Genesis 3, to Adam and Eve and the fall of mankind. No sooner had the Almighty made beings in his own image with whom he would share himself and have connection and relationship with, Adam and Eve, male and female, with heart, mind and will, reasoning, responsible creatures, that Satan appeared on the scene to derail the project. The first human beings had just one point of obedience to God, and it was for their good. Do not eat of that tree, the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day you eat of it, you will die. So was the restriction good for them? Sorry? Yes? Okay. One tree of which they should not eat because it would not do them good. So the restriction was for their good. It would introduce them to evil. But then the devil comes in and he, he, he doesn't tell them straight away to disobey God. He works on this issue of faith and trust. He says, has God said, and implied in all of that is, can God be trusted? Are you sure he's not hanging, holding out on you? Are you sure that isn't going to be really do you a lot of power of good and he's just trying to you know, keep something good from you? Before Adam and Eve first, before they distrusted him and disobeyed him, they had relationship with God. They knew his love. They spoke to him. They heard his voice speaking to them. But they rejected faith. They lost and became lost. The question that's hung over the human race to this day is the same question. Has God said, can he be trusted? Do you believe him? We are by nature faithless. Oh, that doesn't mean we're not without religion. The world's full of religions. But Scripture says we really do not seek and find God, our creation father. That's completely beyond us. We need his intervention. And though there were some people who believed God according to his word, according to his promises, they, they, they received revelation, responded to it. There was only one man in all history who fully trusted God in all things. His name is to my right. Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. The life of faith that we rejected is exactly what Jesus came and did in our place. He came and lived as we should, a life of knowing and pleasing God. Then Jesus gave up his life on the cross, trusting to the promise of his Father that he would not remain dead, but be raised to life again on the third day. We are saved by the faith of Jesus before our faith comes into the question. His faithfulness, his obedience, and what have won our freedom. And then we trust him. We trust and believe in him. And faith for us then is obedience. I want you to notice again, Adam and Eve disobeyed God because they were led to distrust God. If we believe God, if we trust him, we will obey him. At the start and then at the close of the book of Romans, Paul uses this phrase, it's like an opener and closer. The obedience of faith. Faith obeys the Lord. Then faith asks and receives from God. Our faith doesn't actually make things happen. Our words don't make things happen. But if God tells us to speak his words and we, we believe his word that he will do what he's telling us to say, then he uses that faith and obedience in the part of the process of him working what only he can do. God works through our faith in him and through our obedience to him. If it's do this, do it. Speak this, speak it. But it, the power is always his. Yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. None of it belongs to me. 
None of it belongs to us. It all belongs to him. His is the power. Faith pleases God. I'm going to skip down a bit more in Hebrews 11 here. Let me read this to you. Hebrews 11.5 By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and he wasn't found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. That was a man who pleased God. Not absolutely, but generally, let's say. Yeah? He wasn't faultless. I don't think he was. But he did well. And God was pleased with him. And then it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Now, we talk about sin and the Bible talks about sin. And uh, um, I found a lovely phrase. Someone emailed it to me the other day. Um, what was it again? Oh, we can't be the salt of the earth if we keep sugarcoating the gospel. Do you like that? Sin is a real issue. Jesus died for our sins. So if you want to say, well, I'm not a sinner, then Jesus didn't die for you then. That's what you're saying. Because that's who he died for. Yeah? Here's the core of sin. One of the ways of describing sin at the very heart of it. We don't want to please God. You think about it for a moment. Some of you think back to your rebellious earlier, de earlier days. and You know, the very thought of pleasing God, what? Nah. Kind of growl coming from the guts. Please, God, what a horrible thought. We avoid it thinking we have a better opinion, a better option. That our good is found somewhere else other than in God. And day after day, the human race repeats the fall, distrusting and disobeying God, when to trust and obey him is our highest good. Now those verses in Hebrews 11 are written negatively. Without faith it's impossible to please him. But let's turn it around. Faith pleases God. He rewards those who seek him. Sorry. Got myself in a mess. They believe his word and diligently seek him. So to live this life of faith is a blessed life. Now, I, I said, don't regard it as being the way you get rich, because then you're making wealth your goal. But we've heard testimony earlier. T to live in a life that seeks God and pleases God means that God can trust you with his blessing. We live in the grace and goodness of God. He's our protector and our provider. And faith is our way of life. It's a way of life. It's not an hour on a Sunday, and half an hour in the week, or whatever. Being a Christian is, you know, part-time, pastime, to quote, um, I think it's Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but it's a 24-7 thing, being a Christian. It's a way of life. Hebrews, Habakkuk, sorry, 2 verse 4 says, the just shall live by faith. That's a verse that's quoted three times in the New Testament, each of them by Paul. The just shall live by faith. If you're a Christian, this defines you. You live by faith. When I was a kid, I was growing up in church, I was told that missionaries and pastors and people lived by faith, meaning they didn't have any money, two pennies to rub together, so they were living by faith. You know, that was the kind of idea. You know. They didn't have any income, just got had to send bits and pieces as they went along in through life. You know. And oh, terrific, they live by faith. You know. um, we all live by faith. Listen to this, Galatians 2. 
Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, don't worry about flesh, it means this body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This life I'm now living in this body is lived by faith in the Son of God. Notice the, ex the expression, life. Not religious interest, not pastime, not hobby, life. The whole of life is lived through faith in Jesus. Therefore, every bit of life needs to be brought to him in prayer, looking for his help, his guidance, his strength, his wisdom. To deal with life, we need to handle it with faith. And that isn't just you know, some exercise of some energy within us. It's, it's actually finding our help in God. The answer is not in you, it's in God. Faith connects you to him. Faith asks of him and receives from him. Now, the whole core of this is that the word faith is really a relationship word. Abraham walked with God. Enoch walked with God. The best thing you can do this side of heaven is to walk with God. Now, I'm not saying you can get taken up before, earlier, before the rest of us because you, so, you'll so please God like Enoch that he... No. Well, it's maybe a one-off. But any definition of faith you hear somewhere out there that goes away from this core thought of relationship with God through Jesus is far off the mark. We are saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus. We stand, survive, last, continue, persevere, endure by faith in this grace. Faith looks to God, trusts him, depends upon him, believes his words, obeys him. If all around my soul gives way, as we sing in the song, if the wind blows and the flood rises, we have a rock, Christ Jesus, and we hold on through faith in him. In Jesus is life and hope and peace. And without this relationship of faith in God through Jesus, we're cut off from life and hope and peace. So we, we fill the holes with things that are worthless. The route to knowing God is Jesus. He claims that to himself. There is no other way. The only way of life that adds up, that makes sense, that has wisdom, is to live by faith in and through the Son of God. To follow him, learning from him, to listen to God's word, to hear, to trust, to obey. Now, abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. And in this time, particularly during these months of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have these three things and we need to value them more than ever before. They are precious. They hold us to Christ. And through these, we hold on to him and to God. Next week, we're going to look at hope. But let me ask you just for a moment here. The stories I've told from Scripture and the lessons I've pointed out. Do you live by faith in the Son of God? When did that start? How's it going? If you've never started to live by faith in Jesus, start today. It starts with a prayer. It could be a very simple prayer. Lord Jesus, here I am. You found me. Can I give myself to you? Can I begin to follow you? Please accept me and begin to work in my life through the Holy Spirit. His, Jesus' complete faith and obedience have won for you the opportunity for forgiveness and a new life. I dare to say to you, whether you're here or out there on the internet, it's time for you to begin a new life today through faith 
in Jesus. Let's pray and then we're going to break bread. Okay. Father, give us today our daily bread. This is what you taught us to pray. And this morning we're going to be breaking bread together. But you, Lord Jesus, yourself, the bread is an emblem of you. You are the real bread of life. As we feast on you, connect with you, talk to you, hear from you, so uh, we continue on in this faith by which we're being saved. This precious faith, more precious than gold that can perish. We thank you, Lord, that you've brought us into this lifestyle. And we thank you that grace will lead us home. Now, Lord, anyone who's prayed a prayer to you today that says, here I am, you found me. I, I need to know you, Lord Jesus, and follow you. Hear their prayer, I pray, in heaven. And Holy Spirit, go to that person, begin to work in them, teaching them, not even day by day, but even hour by hour, new things as to what it is to live as a believer in Jesus and a follower of his. Amen. Amen. We are going to break bread together. As we do that, we'll play a, a video. It's an Elim video. We 